0: There is a battle in the Bible of an event that has not happened yet. I do not think what's going on in Ukraine is the fulfillment of this prophecy at its whole. But there's a battle that's coming up, and you see this right there. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog. So you've got kind of a head guy there of this land called Magog. The prince, this is a person. It's not, some people say, well, this is just a land. No, the prince is a personal thing. Of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog. That's the leader, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And then he's going to talk about how God is going to grab him at the latter days and pull him into the promised land, into Israel. And you'll see why. All right, so here's the question I want to ask about this coming battle. This is not Ukraine now. Let me repeat. This is not trying to be sensational or trying to manipulate anybody. This is what the Bible says, and God gave us prophecy so we would know what's going to happen beforehand. So here's the four questions. Now none of this is going to be on your screen now, so... Number one, what is it? What is the Battle of Gog and Magog? Number two, when will it occur? Number three, why will it occur? And then what we should do now. So what is the Battle of Gog and Magog? Well, basically it is a battle of Russia who gets together with a bunch of Islamic nations and they come and do a sneak attack on Israel. Um, they will come against Israel when the Bible says they're living in a land of unwalled villages. That just simply means when Israel least expects it and they feel like they're safe, Russia, with all these Islamic nations, are coming to do this sneak attack on them to try, listen to this, to try to wipe them out. Because, you know, the Bible says in the last day, Israel's going to become, gonna become a, a, a cup of trembling, which means this. Israel is going to tick the whole world off, and the whole world is going to be concerned about what's happening in Israel. Is that not happening today? I mean, it's everywhere, okay? And so Russia doesn't like Israel. The, the Islamists hate Israel. That goes all the way back in the days of the Bible, of course. They want to destroy Israel. They think that Israel are occupiers when actually they're the ones who are trying to occupy the land. God has given Israel the land forever. Amen. It's God's title deed. He's given them the deed. And but you know, the devil hates Jews because they are God's people. And so He wants to, uh, the devil wants to destroy them. And so God's going to do something. God Himself, Ezekiel said, is going to put hooks in their jaws. So you can't see that. You only see that I will turn you about. I will do it. God will and put hooks in your jaws. So like a fish, he's going to throw a line to Russia who's united to all these uh, Islamic nations who hate Israel, and he is going to purposely grab him and say, come down here into the land, because God's about to do something with these nations that are against God. Okay? So that's what it is. It's a future battle between Russia... These Islamic nations who come down to try to destroy Israel. That's a future battle, not now. However, right now, I think what's happening is a moving of a chess piece to set the stage for what's going to happen, okay? Uh, Because he will be closer to the land. One of the reasons we know that it's uh, Russia is because it says this land from Gog and Magog, or a land that is of the uttermost northern parts. And you always trace it for Israel, because in that passage it says uh, Jerusalem, or Israel, is in the center of the earth. So whenever there's a measuring out, or talking about east and west, it's always come from Jerusalem. And it says that God, in the latter times, not in the last 2,000 years, in the very, very last of the last of days... God is going to pull a nation from the uttermost part of Israel. Get out your globe. Look, there is only one nation in the uttermost parts above Israel, and it is Russia, okay? And you heard me say on my Facebook post many years ago in the late 1980s and the early 1990s when the Soviet Union fell, all these people said, yeah, all you pre-millennial, pre-trib, dispensationalists, uh, Russia's not even going to be around anymore. Well, we knew the Bible that, that, that somehow this bear was going to come out of the woods again and he was going to quit hibernating. And so we see that, we see that happening. Um, now, the next question I want to ask, not only what is it, but when will it occur? We said it will occur in the latter days. And I believe it will happen... At the beginning of the rapture, I mean, excuse me, um, close to the beginning of the rapture. Let me tell you several reasons why. Uh, This is something the whole world's going to be aware of. Now, if you've read the Left Behind books, anybody read the Left Behind books? Okay, Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye believes this will happen before the rapture. I do not, okay? And I'll tell you some reasons why it will not happen before the rapture. It it says, uh, one thing that's going to happen is this. When this happens, Israel is going to be at somewhat of a peace. Are they at a peace now? Nope. You know what kicks off the Great Tribulation? It's not the rapture of the church. What kicks off the Great Tribulation is when the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with Israel. He's going to come in and he's going to look like he finally solved this thing and brought him to the negotiation table and got the Islamists to back off. And it's going to look great. But I think soon after that, I don't know how long... That this event of the battle of Gog and Magog is going to happen, and they're going to try to come and destroy Israel on this sneak attack when Israel is in a land of unwalled villages, meaning they're they're at peace. They've got they've laid their weapons down, so to speak. They're not tents like they are now. Okay. Now, one of the reasons I believe it has to happen at the beginning of the rapture. God's going to use... Here's some of the the nations He's going to use. He's going to use Russia. He's going to use Iraq. Excuse me, Iran. Because even in the Bible says Persia. You know, people I know from Iran will not call it Iran. They call it Persia today. He's going to use Turkey. Modern-day Turkey. He's going to use modern-day Libya. Um, And I'm trying to think of the other nations. I think Sudan in Ethiopia, and so all these nations, watch this, there's going to be some coming down this way, some coming up this way, and they want to wipe Israel off the map. And then the Bible says that God will, destroy, God Himself will destroy them. Fire from heaven will fall, hailstones, a great earthquake will take place, a massive earthquake, and God Himself will slaughter them, on the mountains of Israel. Now why does God do this or even have to do this? Because guess what? There's a thing on the top of, on, uh, in the temple. I mean, it's what's called the Temple Mount. And for several hundred years, the temple has not been there for over 2,000 years. But there is a Muslim mosque where that temple used to be. And there is no way those Muslims are going to give up that mosque because they think that's one of their top holiest sites. And so how in the world, in the middle of the tribulation, there's going to be a temple standing there that the Jews rebuilt? I believe here's what's going to happen. He's going to draw in those Russians and Islamists like that. And when he kills them all, basically all Russia's military is wiped out. Basically all the Islamists are going to be wiped out, all of their military might. And so suddenly you've got Russia that was like this down to that. You've got the Islamic nations who are like this, down to that now. And so at that time, the Antichrist can step in and say, let's build you a temple. Now with modern equipment and the fact they've already got plans for the temple, we're going to watch a series sometime called Ready to Rebuild and how all the plans are made for the rebuilding of the temple. The Jewish people, now they don't know about uh, the rapture and all this kind of stuff. You know, they, they just want to rebuild that temple. They're sitting there ready, ready to rebuild it. If that happens, I think within three and a half years, they could rebuild that temple where it was. We know that in the middle of the tribulation period, the Antichrist will walk in and stand in the temple and set himself up as God. So that temple has to be there at the midpoint of the tribulation. The only way it can be there is if all these enemies of Israel are taken out, that don't want it there, that happens to happen at the beginning of the, uh, right after the rapture, somewhere after that, that period, OK? So what is it, we've said? Russia, Islamic nations are drawn by God to go wipe out Israel. God will destroy them so it'll free up the temple mount, uh, so the temple can be rebuilt. All right, Why will it occur? Well, I've already mentioned to set the stage for the temple rebuilt. It'll set the stage for a one-world government, because right now, could you imagine somebody trying to do a one-world government with Russia? Could you imagine somebody now trying to pull together a one-world government with all the Islamists who think they want to take all the territory of the earth? You can't do it. But when Russia and the Islamists are taken out of the way, Antichrist can come in and say, well, we just need to all gather up. We've had a tragedy. Let's just all gather up into one world government. Uh, It'll set up the stage for the Antichrist to rule. And it sets the stage ultimately for the final battle called Armageddon. That's one thing I want to point out. This is not Armageddon. Gog and Magog, here's the seven-year tribulation, okay? Gog and Mag, rapture the church. Gog and Magog occur somewhere here, we think. Temple be rebuilt right here. Antichrist will set himself up as God, form a one-world government, and then all hell breaks loose in the last half of the tribulation period, seven years. At the very last, all the nations of the earth will once again... I mean, this is all the nations of the earth this time. will gather together to try to annihilate the Jews one more last time. And that's when Jesus comes back at His second coming and He wins the ultimate battle called the Battle of Armageddon just with the word of His mouth. Okay, So this is two different things. Here is another thing, one reason why God does this. If you read your passages in Ezekiel 38 and 39, one of the repetitious things you will see is then they will know that I am the Lord. Then... They will know that I am the Lord. You know one reason God wants to do this? is because He shows off His might in this generation. That's a Red Sea kind of miracle. So that the whole world goes, what happened to them? And really, it's God kind of sharing the gospel through a battle <laughs> that He is in control. Now, what should we do now? What should we do now? Well, four words. No. This ought to stimulate you to want to know Bible prophecy more. One-third of the Bible is Bible prophecy. Why would God put one-third of the Bible as prophecy for us not to know and ignore it and say, we're just too scared, I'm not into all that revelation stuff. It just makes me nervous. No, you need to know Bible prophecy. More than any other time you need to know Bible prophecy. And today... Whoops, today with so much is free, I can help you find resources that are free and you can begin to learn this stuff. I just learned it, especially over the last 15 years, just listening to people and reading books and stuff like that. Free stuff, most of it, that you can read. So no Bible problem. Trust. Uh, he's the one true God. Um, he's holding us in our hand. As Adrian Rogers said, there's no panic in heaven. God's not there going, "Uh uh-oh, the Russians are moving. He's like, I told you this some 2,500 years ago. There's no panic in heaven, just plans. So if God isn't panicking, why should we panic? When I was over in Israel, we were near the Gaza Strip where they were shooting off all those rockets, but at that time, it was a peaceful time. No rockets were firing off, but I'm sitting there... Uh, with our group, we have two guys with us who I always called James Bond killers. They were like our security guard. They were Jews, Jewish men who used to be in the Mossad, which is kind of like their Navy Seals, you know, CIA kind of thing. Those guys were bad-looking boys, and they got that little, uh, like, what do you call it? Secret Service kind of little ear thing, thing comes out like that. And we're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, this explosion went boom! I mean, loud explosion. And I went ah! And uh, I looked at them, and they're just sitting there like that. And I said, what was that? And he said, oh, they're exploding some unexploded artillery out in, the, out in the field. When I saw them not panic, I wasn't panicking. Okay? We may have that initial, ah, what's happening? But listen, God's not panicking. This is a time to look up and rejoice and celebrate. Then obey. You know, the Bible says that... that uh, Uh, One of the reasons God gave us prophecy is to motivate us to get close to God and obey Him so that we would not be ashamed at His coming. And then share. Well, I tell you what, if there's ever a time... Listen, uh, if there's ever a time to help people get out of hell, it's now. I mean, we're concerned about getting people out of Ukraine to safety. Uh, Listen, we can get them out of Ukraine and they can still go to hell. Uh, And that's why we can help this church and this seminary... um, Do that sharing, but we need to share that with our neighbors too because they're going to the same place. They're going to the ultimate tragedy, and that's hell. So we need to share. So, anyway, all that to say, God's in control. God is in control.